welcome back to the Eucatropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill, and today I have a very special guest with me, Melanie Doan. Hi, Mel, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And for those of you out there who don't know Melanie Doan, she is, I'll do your little intro here, Mel. Okay. Uh, She is, uh, first and foremost, a really, really good person. Uh, a good friend and a good mother Aww. who just happens to have crushed it in the music business for over a decade and a half um, from top 40 singles, best-selling albums, big record deals, uh, national awards, and and more recently forays into musical theater as well. She has done pretty much everything. Um, and over a decade ago, uh, Mel launched the Doan U School, which is uh, an ukulele-based music education program that has served over 5,000 students in Toronto elementary schools. And most recently, in 2022, Melanie's show um, Ukulele U launched on CBC Kids. So Melanie co-created the show. We're going to talk about it today. And she's also an executive producer, a writer, and a composer on the show. Wow. That's, That's a bit of a CV right there. So congratulations, first of all, on Ukulele U, which is, it's like, can I call it a TV show? Like, is that very old fashioned to say TV show? Um, can, and, and can you introduce, can you introduce this show, whether it's a TV show or a streaming show or an on-demand show or whatever? It's a show. And can you sort of tell people about it if they've never seen it or never heard about it? What is Ukulele U? Well, it is, I call it a TV show, and it is on TV here in Canada, on CBC. And it's, um, in my idea of the show, if I'm just describing it to my friends, is that it's a sing-song show. It's about singing and joining in and reminding each other that, hey, we all can sing. Don't forget to sing every day, because that makes (laughs) your life better. So sing with me. And if you got nervous and couldn't remember what, what to do, I'll help you. So I do a little segment on every show, which is just an eight-minute show. And the kids do lots of different fun things, which I'll tell you about. But there's one moment in every show where I sit with the kids just live in a room, real singing. Just The kids are singing. I'm singing. We're not you know, punching in and re-recording. It's really real, which is terrifying. But we did it. And um, I, I kind of give them their parts to sing, and I'm just playing my uke, and we're singing together, and we're, you know, hoping and aiming for everyone at home to join in. So the, my goal is to do it right, to lay it out just in a way that the kids who are age three to eight are going to join in, and their parents. And that's really the goal from, from my point of view, is to have them participating, because uh you know, it's fun to watch stuff and we all have lots of things we can watch. But if you're actually singing with us, that is the goal for me. Um, and, and it's working. So I'm really proud of it. That's so cool. I mean, I, I, sort of in uh, on one hand, of course it's working. But on the other hand, wow, it's working. Because <laughs> what you're trying to do is um, simultaneously so future, you know, uh, so, so future focused, but at the same time, so old-fashioned. I mean, what can be more old-fashioned than a sing-song? I mean, your dad was on a sing-song TV show in his day. Uh, I mean, this is not a new idea. And yet, you know, um, 
we don't see shows like this anymore. Why don't we see shows like this anymore? I think people forget. I think they forget how great it is to sing with your friends, to make music with your friends. And it's so taken for granted. And we know as musicians how much people love music. We know. We get on stage and we know. But we also know how much they take it for granted. Oh, it's free. I can get whatever I want. And da, 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 da. It's a kind of a funny mixture, you know. But when yeah. you remind people and when they actually sing with you, oh my gosh, I mean, it's magic. We know. Mm. We, we, that's why we do this in our life. But to have that opportunity to remind people, this is magic, everybody. Hello. Don't forget. Yeah. And it is old-fashioned. It's so old-fashioned. And then at the same time, what we, we tried to strike a balance on this show of, you know, if you're if you're older like me, you're going to be like, that's kind of reminding me of my childhood. That reminds me of... Sesame Street, or that reminds me yeah. of Free to Be You and Me, or that reminds me of, you know, The Muppet Show and all those things that were just so about music and the variety show kind of format. And then also we wanted it to look really special and fresh and new and different, like, oh, we don't see a set ever, <laughs> you know, and we have a mm -hmm. set, we have a big room with a set with set pieces and a big ukulele thing. And it's like, wow. <laughs> And then we move the boxes around like you're in a theater, and that's all really old-fashioned plus new. So it's yeah. kind of a cool combo. Well, and and um, you're uniquely suited to this. I mean, when you talk about you growing up in a musical family and in a musical community and then going out on the road and being in the studio and all of that experience and then going into musical theater as you have, and, and, and all of that comes together for this ukulele you and and of course combining with that all of your teaching experience and the U school and all that i mean do you see ukulele you as um the natural evolution of your work in show business you know quote unquote uh, or is this the evolution of you as a teacher or or is it some combination of both yeah it's some combination that all came together at this certain moment i don't even know why or how it po possibly has happened <laughs> but it's it is exactly what you're saying it's all of these things and and getting to sort of lead the kids like i do when i'm at school um and i know what the kids like because i'm there like there's no tougher audience than a, a 30 grade four boys i mean it's really a tough <laughs> it's a right. tough sell you better have yeah. some good songs and you better have a fast moving class and you better know your lesson plan and you better play well and you better sing well and you better be able to entertain them while you're teaching them and all those things and so i've been doing that every week for 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 years and years now and um mm. so i'm able to use those skills which is really really thrilling for me that's so cool i mean you talked about Sesame Street and, you know, um, I grew up with Polka Dot Door and Mr. Rogers and, you know, um, but I never saw any ukuleles on those shows. Maybe they were there. I just didn't see them. I don't think they were there. Um, this is still a, a unique thing in our world of ukulele. We've never had a show like this, a, a kid-friendly, multi-generational friendly musical variety show. I mean... It seems obvious, like most good ideas, in retrospect, now that we see you doing this and people are going, oh, well, yeah, sure, of course she's doing that. It's Mel Down, of course she had to do that. But really, I mean, when did the idea come come to be and how did it come to be? Yeah, and here's the funny thing. 
I wasn't even the one coming up with it, which is also to me, why wasn't I? How come I didn't think of this like 40 years ago, whatever. Right. Um, but I was approached by um, a, a great, wonderful music advocate and lover and education supporter, um, Bob Ezrin, who's um, a well-known producer, Canadian producer. And um, he, I, I had a message that Bob Ezrin wanted to get in touch with me. And I was pretty excited because I'm a fan of his work. And um, I, I thought he was calling about my school program because I know he's involved with a lot of different organizations in, in regards to music education. So I was pretty excited and wow, he's maybe going to give me a quote or something I can, you know, put on the website and he maybe we'll yeah. have lunch and, you know, this is so exciting. So we had, a, finally the call came through and I was had all my things. I wanted to give him all of, you know, we've got this many children doing this and, you know, grade 10s and grade 4s and this and that. And he said, well, Melanie, it's so great to chat with you. And he launched into some things. I'm, I'm working with my friend Michael Hirsch and I'm doing this and we just did a this and I'm da 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 and he was telling me all the things he was up to and I was so impressed and wow, you know, he's a really busy guy. This is amazing. <laughs> and then he said, and that and that's the pitch. That's my pitch for you today. And I said, oh, excuse me, I think I missed something. He said, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm working with all this guy and this guy and do 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 and I want you to be part of it. So can we have lunch and we'll chat about it? And I was like, oh. <laughs> what's happening wow um yeah i'll have lunch with you sure so we met up and um he had a little bit of a song i think he was really he was really hot on the uke for for some reason he he just got all you know when people maybe they played it as a younger person and we've we've met lots you know enthused it's so there's so much enthusiasm when you rediscover or discover the ukulele for the first time of course you're just like oh my gosh or i love this i forgot how great it is so he was in that phase of i love this um so it was just this moment where we met up and he said i've got this bit of a song and and i started texting back and forth the rest of the song and we wrote the theme song and he was like, well, come in the studio tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm going in the studio with Bob Ezrin? This is crazy. <laughs> so I, he was just in Toronto for the week or something. So I went and we recorded it. And then uh, from there, things were just sort of developing. And it, it was a lot of years, to be honest with you, from that moment to now, um, which were all great because we were developing the idea, what will the show be? And... Um, I got to be part of that. I got to be shaping it. And um, in the end, um, I'm just so thrilled with exactly what we ended up with. I didn't realize that it wasn't completely your idea. Be and, I, and I say that because it seems so natural. You know, it seems like the kind of thing you were just sort of born to do. And not just born to do, but that you've had all the experiences and, and, and all of the... You, you've you've acquired all those skill sets through your work that made you the perfect person for this. It's it is kind of amazing that um, it it came to you. <laughs> it is really wild, but I mean, I will say to Bob's credit and the whole team, um, they recognized. Oh well, Melanie knows kids. Melanie knows what mm. to do. I mean, they they've been amazing in that. Oh well. What would be, you know, what songs would you like to write? What songs, what, what are the themes going to be? And the team, and I was often saying, you know, the songs are going to tell us everything, everyone. This is, we're going to, it's going to be the songs. And then from the songs, we move out to everything else. And um, 
you know, we probably all have a different perspective of how that went down, but that was my feeling. And I really, I really do think it informed all of the work that we did. And the other bigger picture about, about just the ukulele and how beautiful and attractive it is, it's, it's kind of like what my dad did in the schools, which was he, he used that excitement and that the attractiveness of the instrument, the great sound, the fun of it, the, the holding of it, the attraction that kids have, he used that to get them going. He used that to get them in the room. He used that to get all the music to them. So once they had their ukes, then they were also in the choir, and then they got strings the next year, and then they got band the next year, and they got percussion, and they got the piano, and they were in the orchestra. So he just used it to get it all delivered. And, you know, I still believe it is the best delivery system for music that there is, for education, but just music itself, for, for delivering it. And to have this vehicle where I can reach more kids is so, so cool. Yeah, really. I mean, it's funny. One time your dad and I were talking and he said, you know, talking to me, he said, you're trying to do on a global scale what I was trying to do at the provincial level or at the city level. And and I thought, wow, I didn't really think of it that way. But I mean, he never really had the opportunity to 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 um, try this experiment of his on a global scale. There was no internet. I mean, they did their best with um, you know music videos with the CBC and stuff like that, but it it wasn't the same as, you know, I just my mind kind of boggles when I think what your dad might have done with the internet uh, in his heyday. But now you've got this platform that is both TV and internet. Um, the ability that you have now to to spread the the good word, you know, the the message about ukulele and music making and making music together is pretty exciting. I mean, who who are you? you you've talked a little bit about who you're hoping to reach. Um, with the show, but can you tell me a bit more about that and, and what impact are you hoping that it will have? I mean, what's your, your dream for the show and the way that it would ultimately uh, influence uh, the kids and the parents who are watching it? I think um, the potential is huge and, you know, we hope that it will get picked up around the world and kids everywhere can enjoy it. Um, and it really, it just comes back to the basic idea of reminding everyone <laughs> this is free you can sing we have this did you forget because i think you might have forgot that's really where i'm coming from because it is an important message it's it is magic it is making lives better it does help us it does make life better you can have this till the day you die if you tap into it and you know a lot of people are forgetting or, or never knew you know, it's just, it's kind of astonishing, but they're, they're not doing it. They're not remembering. And then when people remember, then they are lovers of music. Then they are going to watch music. They are participating. They're teaching their kids. They're having it in their community. They're en enjoying getting together with their friends. It makes our communities tighter. It makes our lives better. And, um, you know, in our schools, it's a fight every day to, to be standing up for our music teachers, to be making sure that principals even understand what it is to be a music teacher 
they're, they're not trained to know this and, and yet they're in charge of hiring or not hiring or maybe, oh, well, Mr. So-and-so plays a guitar. He could be the music specialist at mm -hmm. our school. They don't know the difference. And maybe yeah. Mr. So-and-so is great. It might be that he is, but they, they're not basing that. They're, they're not, they, they might get lucky, <laughs> but they're not making yeah. a scientific, uh, you know, decision or a musical decision. They're, they're, um, they're kind of left to their own devices and it's, you know, the more that everyone really actually understands, the better all of that is going to go for all of the next generations. Recognizing the expertise involved is, uh, is important. So if, you're, if you know what you're doing, if, you're, if you know what it is to sing something and you're doing it properly and you're, you're given the chance to participate and say, oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm, Melanie said, try this note and I can sing it. And of course, I'm going to be picking notes in the right range and I'm going to be picking things that kids can do. And that's going to build confidence and that's going to build a whole foundation. So that's that's where I'm coming from. I think I mean, the, the sky's the limit, but I'm really maybe like my dad. I'm sort of in the classroom down the street in my brain. But that enables me to have the skills to do it when I go down to the CBC studio. So hopefully it translates, you know. Yeah. And the other thing that people who haven't seen the show might not totally understand is that um, it is not a how-to-play ukulele show. It's not like an instructional show where Mel is saying, now put your first finger on the second fret of the third string, you know. It's not that kind of a show. It, it the, the ukulele is more of a lightning rod for music and singing together. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and we're featuring it. It's featured in everything that we're doing, and it's always mm. front. And I'm playing all the time. I'm just playing, but um, we're not. It's not an instructional show. The it's it's meant as a sing song. It's singing along. Right. And that works so well it, it, because it's not, it's called, you know, ukulele you and, and that's sort of splashed all over it. And yet it's about so much more than the ukulele. And, and you only have to watch a couple of minutes and you get it that it's, this is not a how to play ukulele show. It's, it's way more than that. So. Right. It's the metaphor. It's a world. We've created a special world. And then when you meet the kids who are from all amazing different kinds of families and different kinds of cultures and different neighborhoods and different back. I mean, just so much that the kids are bringing. It's that's, you know, that's the next level of what it's about. Everyone's mm -hmm. welcome here. It, it just like, just like when you go to Hawaii and you play your ukulele with all the people there and you, you hear the, the story of that sound is about, meeting up with all the people in a beautiful place that's that's the fe the feeling you get from from ukulele music in the first place and that's the vibe as well it's it's the ambassador for for love for love and mm. kindness and belonging and all of those things and and that's what the kids bring i mean they're beautiful they're wonderful and they're all music of course they're so musical and they sing beautifully and they they can dance and they tell their stories on the show and it's just a lot of fun yeah it's so cool the inclusive aspect of it is um really noticeable and uh, really a breath of fresh air when you when you watch the show and 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 i think it 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 matches up so beautifully with the ukulele and the the history and the spirit of the instrument like you're saying i mean this this instrument Let's not forget it's a it's a world traveler by nature. I mean, it is an instrument that has traveled 
around the world and embedded itself in so many cultures. It, it goes by different names in different places. You know, ukulele is one of them, but you've also got, you know, cavaquinho and cuatro and, and other places that this instrument has, uh, other lives that this instrument has lived in other places in the world. And, and uh, I see that kind of uh, reflected in um, the inclusiveness that, that you've shown in, in, in the casting in particular. So I think it's really great. I'm glad you caught that. I, I agree that, that mm. that's been an important factor for sure. But then it, it reminds me of my dad's comment always about why the ukulele, you know, why why this instrument? And it just comes, it's a world traveler. You can travel with it. That's the, that's one of the greatest <laughs> things. You can stick it in your, you can get on the plane with it. You can get on a boat with it. Um, it's pretty hard to take the piano to the beach. I think that's his his quote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, you know the piano is a great instrument. We love the piano. Everyone loves the piano, but it's expensive, and you can't take it to the beach. So, um, you know, <laughs> another vote for the uke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and speaking of your dad, can we just go back in time for a minute? Let if we step into our our ukulele time machine, uh, can you take us back and and tell us what it was like? From a kid's perspective, I mean, we're talking about kids here, we're talking about sort of how kids see the world, um, often through music uh, and, and through memory. Growing up in the heyday of the Halifax Music Department, what are the things now that stick with you? So many amazing memories. I really grew up in that atmosphere. I grew up just going to these concerts where it was just all the big kids doing amazing stuff. And there was my dad and the other music teachers doing their thing and just always so many, 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 many kids doing, you know, <laughs> if it was a strings night, it was hundreds and hundreds of strings, you know, playing uh, Bore. Like these songs in my ear, I just grew up as such a tiny kid hearing and oh, the cellos, the mass cellos, there's 400 cellos. You know, it was so many students and, you know, the jazz bands playing, they just got back from winning the nationals and the jazz bands up there and Dave James and John Alphonse and all of these kids who were, they were, they were like in grade 10, but I was a little kid just looking at these superstars, you know, they were superstars to me and I grew up just going to these, I thought this was normal life. I thought it was normal to go to spring festival concerts at St. Pat's <laughs> High School and go there for four nights in a row and watch and go to the, all the rehearsals and, you know, educators coming to our house. I thought it was normal to sit around at the dinner table and everyone loves music education, talks about music education all the time. That's all that anyone talks about because that's what our experience was. You know, they were coming from all over the world and staying with us and I thought that was pretty normal. Um, I mean, my dad taught taught me, so he started each of the kids when we were um, about three, he started a violin class for my sister and then four years later he started a class for me and then for my brother. So one of my memories is him being my teacher and he did it on Sundays, I believe. He put it on a hard day for people to commit to so that would weed out a few people. Um, <laughs> but he did do it, that was like, how did he have the energy? But anyway, uh, Sundays and we did our violin class which I loved and uh, I liked all my friends there and everything. And then at the end of the class, we always, he would have us sit down and we would have a sing song. And that was our reward. 
after the mm. hard work of playing violin, which is hard when, especially when you're little. Um, you you're a little, you were a small violin player yes, too. So I remember it. Yeah, well. it takes takes a while to get a decent sound, and those little violins don't sound good. Even if you are really musical, it takes a while. <laughs> so um, we would have the reward of the sing song, and he would play. You can sing with us, and. Of course, eventually I, we all had ukes in our hands. I don't remember when that happened. When he, you know, he was tricky, right? And we mm-hmm. all learned all the all these violin kids also play uke, and it was our the carrot at the end of the hard the hard violin, you know, standing up and all the posture and everything. And then we all sang and played. So him being my teacher is one of my big memories, and that mm. you know I loved it. I loved it, yeah. and and the fact yeah. that he had the energy to do that for the three of us, on top of the stuff he was, I mean, I don't know. The, he's he's you know him. He's a crazy man. <laughs> yes, but that's the funny thing is that you're you're sort of saying, oh my goodness, like how could you ever, you know, where did he find the time and energy? And haven't you kind of done exactly the same thing, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, if I look at my own experience, I've certainly been inspired to create programs and and content to help my son learn about music it's it's one of the most motivating things i can imagine and and uh i mean what do you think you school was in part uh, a way to make sure that your kids experienced a bit of that ukulele magic yes you're right that's exactly what got me started with that but when i think of if i compare which you're not supposed to do don't compare <laughs> but if i think of you know what i grew up in in the middle of and and how it, to me, and, and, you know, it'll never change. That's just how it is. But it was so big. It was so massive. And what I've attempted to do is, a gr- I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy that my kids got to have their youth groups and we, we managed to, you know, get all of the neighbors and then it spread and it spread and it's gone really well. But it's like, it's like a pinky to me. It's like this much. <laughs> when I think of what it, what I grew up in and how, you know, how massive it was. But yes, it, the, the catalyst was my kids were getting in grade one, grade two. Oh my gosh, we have, I have to, what am I going to do? I've got to get this going. And I, and I got it going with dad's help and my sister's help and my mom and, and my brother too. So, um, yeah. And, and you're doing the same. You're doing all the things because, you know, you had lots of opportunities where you lived as well, and and we don't have those programs. We're not seeing those programs, mm-hmm. so um, it's on us. It's on us to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that, and I I think it is a huge motivator to, and and thank goodness too. I mean, a, a lot of these programs just come out of that exact motivation. I know, you know, growing up um, with Peter Luongo, I don't think it was an accident that you know three of his. Uh, four kids went through the program uh, it just was it just an accident that that was you know the timing i don't think so i think he partly wanted it for for them as well and it it certainly gets you up in the morning and gets you you know gets your nose to the grindstone because you know you want what's best for them so um you you talked a little bit about the very beginnings of u school which has grown to be pretty massive in the past decade i mean you talk about like thousands of kids who've been through the program. Um, but I mean, for those who are listening, who don't really understand what U-School is, can you just give a quick flyover of what the program does? Yeah, sure. So it's a, it's, it's my dad's program, um, and James Hill and Chalmers Stone program, really, uh, <laughs> to be straight up on that. Let's be clear about that. 
Um, it's a, starting a grade four extracurricular instrumental program, and I started it at my kids' school, and um, it's just an after-school program. I got permission to come in. We do it for 30 weeks, so the idea is that we are pretty much there for the year, the school year. We're a little bit, we start a little bit after the beginning, you know, right about October to June. And um, the idea is that, you know, at the end of year, the first year, they're going to be having all of the all of the skills from your book one, uh, ukulele in the classroom, and um, they're going to be able to play. They're going to be able to sing and play, read a little, read off a page, read the lead sheet. They're going to understand how, you know, the progressions of the, the reading um, is started. Their ear training is really underway and they're singing and they're performing and they're doing all of that in their first year. So that was sort of the first step. And of course, my dad said to me um, as I was approaching this, like, can I, I'm going to go into the school and ask them if I can come in and do this and I hope they'll let me. And, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous. What if they say no? And I really want this so bad. Anyway, he said, well, are you, are you going to, is this going to start next year? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking next year, you know, Theo's in grade, whatever, Rosie's in this grade, they can both be there and they'll, you know, it'll give me a chance to build it and they'll be in the middle of it. It'll, it should work out. And are you going to take these students all the way to grade 12? And yeah, that stopped me. <laughs> what a question. That stopped me for a second. And I thought, yeah, um, Hmm. Good question, Dad. Right. Um, that that I I better I better do that. And he said, "Well, you you have to do that." And I said, "Yeah, you're right. I have to do that." Mm. And then um, I think I ended up waiting. I might have waited another year before I went in because I had I don't know why I could I could see that I was going to have something coming and I wouldn't be able to see it through in the way that he was, of course. <laughs> setting me straight about anyway um that is what i ended up doing I, I saw those kids through to grade 12 and in as i was doing that of course it just started to grow out outward so the school down the road and whoa how do we get this these guys oh, how do we so and then i had to start training teachers and so then it's been like 15 teachers and you know many many schools and we've got a pilot project in nova scotia and i do think we have a way to to send it around you know not only just canada but around we can we we have a way to do it um it's just you know one of those jobs that i'm yeah. kind of working on but um you know as you know the method is solid and it really works and the parents love it and the kids are are making music and you know you can't go wrong with that uh, and and so Am I right in saying that um, U-School is sort of an implementation of the ukulele in the classroom methodology and the Doan methodology? And and it's so U-School is not like a book that you buy that you're supposed to teach out of. It's more like a system of actually getting this happening for real in schools, organizing, getting teachers in, coordinating with schools, and doing all the things, the nuts and bolts that have to happen for the the classes to actually go because having a book on the shelf is only so helpful you actually have to make it go and that's what you school does is is that right yeah it's it's the real nuts and bolts i mean hey it's great that the book is there the book you know when the teachers are <laughs> saying how do we do this well it's so great you use this book <laughs> here's the book right. go take right. james's courses if you can i also 
train them up on this 30-week program because um, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to hitting the marks before this and this and this during the year, and you're going to have to get on stage at the school concert, all of that. Like, that's all nuts and bolts again. Like, how do we do that? You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, where are we going to teach this class? How do we get a permit? How do we do all these things? Well, it's a lot of, that's a lot of boring stuff. And a lot of times I'm the one um, putting putting the chairs in a room and, and, oh, we have 30 kids and there are no chairs in this school and I have to find them. And I mean, it's silly stuff that you end up doing, but, you know, I've got luckily some staff and people and we're a charity now, so I'm able to take donations and um, we provide the program to many, many schools. Well, everyone is always subsidized, but um, to a lot of schools and neighborhoods who don't pay anything for the the classes that they get. And um, that makes me really proud. I'd like to be able to provide it to all the children at no cost ever <laughs> and still keep my amazing staff and keep training teachers. And, um, you know, that's a goal. Right. That's a, a great vision for it. Uh, you know, it reminds me of something you're, your dad said to me once, which is, uh, you know, all you need for a great ukulele class is a warm, dry, well-lit space. He's like, you know what I mean? In other words, you don't need fancy lasers and, and smoke machines and, uh, you know, a catwalk and, and, and a big auditorium or, or a sound system or anything. You need a, a warm, dry space with a light bulb. And yet... Getting a warm, dry space with a light bulb is sometimes a little harder than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's proven to be. You know, I don't. I don't enjoy how many hours I spend on things like dealing with the Toronto District School Board and getting permits, for instance. Or mm-hmm. you can just imagine just saying those words; it, it'll give you a twitch. But um, <laughs> and it has. It's it's not the way I, as an artist, I like to write songs and I want to play my music. Yes, well, in some days I have to, to get on the phone with the permit department because that's important if we want to have that class. And mm-hmm. someone's got to care enough to do that. So that happens to be me at the moment. And now, you know, like I said, I'm getting more and more help, which is fantastic. But it comes down to that because um, the priority is not it's not placed on this stuff. And, and it's, that's what keeps me going is that I'm not seeing the programs. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing the priority. Uh, um, you know, even sometimes I could be at a school and I might've been there for 10 years and people still aren't really that clear that I've been volunteering there for that many years. You know, it can be that isolated. It can be that um, humbling in, in, in the sense of no one cares. Sometimes, you know, in, in, a, in a good way and in a bad way. In a good way in that you don't get a big head and, and every, everyone's, oh, you're here, wonderful for the class. No, you get there and everyone forgot and you have to get the chairs from the basement and bring them up a few, you know, there's a right. lot of that that happens. <laughs> but then you have the pride of having made it happen. And I think that's, that brings me back to my dad and I think of him crossing Canada however many times, no internet, He's got music in boxes. He's flying every weekend. Meanwhile, he's teaching like a like a fiend in Halifax. You can imagine how many students. And then he's traveling Canada, the worst mm-hmm. traveling country of all of them. There's the, the, <laughs> how far between cities? I mean, I've done it myself so many times. It's the hardest one. And um, just the energy, the sheer energy to get the message out. Um, 
is amazing. So I yeah. have that I have that drive of and that's not going to stop me. So And and that's right. And you can't help it, which which and there are 5,000 kids out there uh, and counting who have benefited from that that uh, spirit, you know. Well, it's, it's it's they it's they who are who keep me going and you know, it's the kids and the parents who get it. And then it's always the kids, right? They they know if you're bringing something real. And mm. when you go in yeah. and you've got a program and a and a method that and the, and your amazing books that are that good, and the kids know you know what you're doing, you can't you know you can't deny it, and you you can only get joy from that because mm-hmm. they they get it. They know right away. Oh, this is going to be real. They, this they, is real. They see so much stuff coming through. I see. You know, we've we've all experienced this and that coming through the schools and programs and presentations and you know some are great and some are not the kids know and mm-hmm. and they know when the teacher knows what they're doing and they know when they're hearing a load of nothingness going on and someone's just spinning their wheels they know so mm-hmm. it's pretty great to be part of something that is not that that is just real and that has yeah. the goods so i that is the part that is amazing and and i know you get it and my dad gets it and I'm I'm really thankful for the work you you guys did, um, so that we have have the method to to take in every day. Right on. I mean, yeah. But like I say, you know, the the book on the shelf is just the book on the shelf. I I love how U School really makes it real. And that's so. My next question is: um, Do you think that you know on that topic is U School a blueprint? For other school districts, I mean, you, we've, you've just hinted at this, but how much is it a model that is uniquely sort of tailored to Toronto schools and the Toronto School Board and Toronto policy and Toronto permits? And to what extent? Because there's going to be people listening to this who are thinking, "Wow, that's what I want to do. This, I want this for my school and my school district." How do we get started? Can we use this as a blueprint? What What do you say to those folks? Yeah, and I think the answer is yes. And really, what I anyone who gets in touch with me, I just say, let me help you. Let me give you things. <laughs> let me get on, <laughs> let me get on the phone. I mean, if someone says, how how did that arrangement go, or can we get this, or you know, where are the books, and what? I mean, I spend so much time just emailing with people who didn't know things, you know. And I'm hmm. I'm saying we're doing all this work. We're a charity. Can I please help you? Like, please ask me. I will help you. It, we're, we've been doing it a long time. We have some of these answers. Um, the other thing, though, that is interesting about um, people and how they feel about this instrument, there's a lot of ownership around it. People, people really feel um, a personal attachment like they've kind of discovered it which is a great thing and mm. it's sort of like no one's ever played this before and it's so did you know how fun it is this is so like i, I got this thing it's so you know and they everyone feels like it's a brand new thing which is cool like that's that's you know i know that my dad really used that excitement i don't know that you use it with your students and um but i also noticed that with teachers who maybe don't know anything about what's you know in Canadian schools anyway I like to say well you know there is quite a history in Canadian schools maybe I can tell you a little bit about it um but really people just are so excited and they want to just get going so there's there's sort of a factor that is um 
uncontrollable. You can't really tame that. And what I've noticed, and I think you told me this way back, just like, don't worry about that. They'll just come to you later because they're going to, they're going to be excited for a while and then they're going to run out of stuff and they won't know they're, they're going to need a, a, a way to do this. And, right, and then, right. cause what happens really if, if they're successful and, and I only wish success for anyone who wants to take it to the kids, the kids are going to get better really fast and you better mm. have something ready for them. So that's the place where I'm always trying to keep my teachers ahead of the students. And I know my dad worked tirelessly to keep the teachers ahead of the kids, which was really mm -hmm. hard to do. And of course, you're an example of the kid getting so far ahead of all the all the teachers and all the kids. But you also had a love for being there. So you ended up from being a kid, teaching all the people. And I know that I, I'm, I wasn't there, but I know that that happened. And I and I experienced that with some of the kids that were in our program, because they got so good. And, and there were times when dad would be conducting and just say, well, well, John Cavanaugh, you know, take it. Or, you know, well, well, John, how do you play that part? Or whoever. And and we would end up teaching each other because the teacher was just like, you're great. And, you know, without the ego to, to have to like, oh, don't play a solo right now. So yeah. there's all of those little intricacies. Um, and to get back to the teachers, any teachers who are listening and are interested in hearing more about how we do it, you're so welcome to hear about it, to share materials, all of it. I, I love that. I'd love to be a support for anyone. That's great. And and that's what we need. I mean, that's the, the there's a there's definitely a spirit of community that is built into the ukulele. There is this um feeling in the ukulele world uh that that we do share with one another and we are just generous and supporting each other and that's one of the things that um that I love about it. Um and and just to go one step further down that path, um I'm sure you're going to get people contacting you because um, they want your help. But um, in general, would you? What would you do differently if you were going to start U School again? And that's that small scale that you started at that was just at your your kids' school. And I know it might seem overwhelming to people listening now because it's grown so much over the past ten years, and it's thousands and thousands of kids. But it did start in just one school with you turning on the lights and saying, I'm going to be here, let's do this. Um, but what would you do differently if you had to do U-School all over again? Wow, I don't think I could do it much differently. I really, I'm a step-by-step. -step, so if, if I had thought about how, you know, how will I make it grow? How will I raise the money? Oh my gosh, I think I just couldn't have started out at all. Mm. Um, the idea of take these this small group of, I think I had 10 ish kids in my first tiny group um that was a good way to start it was a good way to you know i was i i did have good teaching background i had i had you know i i learned from some of the best <laughs> you dad my sister I had, I had lorna amazing people that were amazing teachers for me but i also really needed to practice as well so i didn't you know, luckily didn't think about all of those other things. I just needed to get started. So mm. for me, it was getting started. How, how will this 30 weeks play out? How, how you know, will, will my plan be what the kids are going to be able to do? I need to, I need to test it all out kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think I would have, would just do the same, start small and, and go from there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it's, it's nice to have, um, 
no regrets essentially about the way you, that you did it because I mean, I, the, my fear is that uh, somebody out there who's gonna you know spearhead the next um, ukulele ensemble in the, in their town is just gonna think, oh my goodness, it's just way too much for me to get into. And and the reality is that this this thing that that grew to be enormous um, really did start small, and you can start small. And also, would would it be fair to say that you don't have to get huge? Correct. I think that's absolutely right. You don't have to. I probably, you know, you have to remember <laughs> the example I grew up with was everyone <laughs> right. in our city plays everything and it's free for everyone. And so I have that in my head, no matter what I'm doing, it's like, well, this is hardly any kids. I mean, you know, mm. there's the, I, there's 10 schools this side of my house and they don't have anything. I have to, how am I going to get to those kids? So <laughs> I've, I mean, that's a problem. I have a problem, obviously. But the example <laughs> I grew up with was it's free for our whole city. That is mm. cool. Like that's what's, that's the pinnacle of it or that's the goal in my mind when I just am obviously going along. But to have a group that you are enjoying, that you're teaching good stuff and you're having a great time in your community, it, it, it doesn't have to be daunting. I, I do think you have to be serious about it. You want to do a good job. And as my dad would also say, you're, you're better at remembering my dad's quotes, but he's, <laughs> he's very serious about having fun. Is that what he says? He's very serious. Uh, yeah, he takes his fun very seriously. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I like to have fun and I take my fun very seriously. There you go. So, um, and that was a great, I mean, he was a great dad in that he was organized and he always, he did, we had a, a ton of fun, but we had so much fun because he was organized and, and he took it seriously. So mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, teachers are serious people. I don't think you need to lecture teachers, but if you're a person who's not been a teacher before and you're delving in, maybe you're, you're a musician and you're, you're not a teacher, um, you need to be serious, but you know, this is stuff that you map out so beautifully in the books. You give everyone the tools you get. If you've never been a person who made lesson plans, well, you tell them how to do it. You give them all the answers. You don't have to, you know, you don't even have to come up with this stuff. And, um, and I help my teachers that way too. I mean, we, we map it out and, um, I love their feedback, but you don't have to come up with all of what's going to happen at the concert. This is going to be the concert piece because it's going to be a bit of the pentatonic scale that they just learned. And then they're going to sing this and then they're going to, they only know two chords and this is going to be a beautiful <laughs> arrangement and I'll bring the bass and they're going to sound great. The end. Yeah. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's the, the work is done um, to get everyone up and running and then you're going to start to have the fun. And then it starts mm -hmm. to be, you start to play them like they're an orchestra and you get, you know, years and years of fun. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And and fun is such an interesting topic too. I mean, we've we've talked to, even in this past um, forty five minutes, we've talked quite a bit about fun. How how can you talk about the ukulele without talking about fun, really? Um, but y your concept of what fun is, um, both in like ukulele, you you talked about the um, the fun of sitting around and playing and singing together. Uh, you talked about the 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 fun. Uh, reward at the end of your violin class as a kid was to sit and sing together. Um, your dad talks about um, how they never really did hot dog sales and garage sales and door-to-door -door chocolates and stuff. Everything that they sold to make money for the music program was music. <laughs> so kind of all of these rewards and um, 
and 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 a lot of the the fun is the music making itself and i think that is one of the huge takeaways for me that you know in in knowing your dad and and you and uh everyone in your family and learning from you guys has been the idea of um not only do we like to have fun and we take it seriously, but this is how we think of fun. This is what fun is to us. Um, and what fun is to us is making real music together. You know, not not just splashing around in the shallow end uh, or, or going off the slide, but really doing it right and doing it for real. You know, and, and that's one thing I've, uh, I've, I've learned and, and really internalized. And to me now, and well, to to thousands of kids who've gone through these programs, the music is the fun, and the music is the reward. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Um, I agree. I was talking to someone recently about music education, and I was saying that I I sometimes feel insulted when um, we're we're kind of reduced to the salesmanship of we're selling music because it might make all the kids or will make the kids better at math and it's going to make them better mm-hmm. and empathetic and they're going to, you know, when music will give you this and this and that makes you going to, you know, do be a better engineer. And, you know, I find it <laughs> kind of an, an insult to not just want to learn music because it's great to be learning music. It's great to have music <laughs> in your life. What about being good at music? Um, I, I I couldn't agree more. It's uh, I have this conversation with uh, Anne and you know anyone who will listen because it it gets me down too sometimes when you're, you're um, <clears throat> when you think of uh, at school you you learn math so that when you grow up you can do math you know you learn <laughs> you learn history in school so that when you grow up you know about history. You know, uh, you 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 learn how to run and play soccer and hockey, and so that when you grow up, you can do those things. And then it comes to music class, and it's like we're going to teach you music so that when you grow up, you'll know how to be on time for a meeting. Uh, you'll know how to work in a group. Uh, you'll you'll know what it means to practice and devote yourself to something. It's like what? Isn't that? Why? Why does music have to be the odd one out? You know, I couldn't agree more. And the fact that the the music is the end uh, unto itself is is just a re- really refreshing um, perspective. And and I love that you're bringing that into not only U school but now into ukulele U. It's it's great. It it we need more of that. So thank you. Well, thank you. And it comes back to what you said. Uh, the music is the reward. That is the mm-hmm. reward. It's magic. How can anyone forget that? How can they forget it? You know? So speaking of music and magic, um, what is most exciting for you at the moment musically? What can you tell us about what's next? You know, where where, where are you going with all this? Wow. I never quite know. I just am enjoying the ride. It's always, it's been an interesting life and I, I've <laughs> got to do a lot of fun things. So I'm just usually just grateful that I'm still healthy and I'm doing fun things. And the show has been a real surprise and a real, a really fun, amazing way to reach more kids. And so that's, that's yeah. been great. Um, U school is, um, you know, we've been coming out of COVID and 
Um, that's been a challenge. We learned how to teach. If you can imagine this, your you teachers out there, and I know everyone went through this, but we had, um, I think, 300 beginner students this year, and we were forced to be online. And mm. last year, I didn't take any beginners. I just said, let's just keep all the kids we have. They can already play, so we, they already have their ukes. We can, we can make this happen online. You know, they know what they're doing, but I, we can't do beginners. I can't, I want to make sure they're holding it right. And this, let's just wait. We'll be back at school in no time. Well, we weren't <laughs> back in school. I registered the, the kids because I didn't want to hold another year to go by and miss out, mm-hmm. them missing out the chance of, of getting in the program. So we went forward with these, you know, and I was telling my dad about this at the beginning of the year, and I could tell he was just getting a kind of a shudder (laughs) through his whole body as I explained that, well, you know, we have 40 to 60 children in each class on Zoom, and we have five or six tuning teachers. So as the students arrive, they get sent to the tuning room where they have Mm. to turn their own tuning pegs because we're not with them and this is something our kids you know just like in a string program you pick up the violin and you'd quickly tune it pick up all the ukes we tune you know so fast well they had to turn their pegs and we were saying a little bit up and stop freeze and next next one nope that's the wrong peg i can't see your pegs which one are you turning you know i mean <laughs> and you'd have five or six breakout rooms doing this simultaneously yeah but there were some really fun advantages of oh they're not only did they physically have to come up in, with some of this, you know, mechanics of finding the string and follow it up and make sure they're on the right, you know, that that is a learning curve. But the up and the down, you know, some of the kids are right away, oh, when I turn it this way, like they're getting it. And mm. so we would just say, usually I'll say just, okay, good, you're on your D string, turn, 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 turn. Well, which way should I turn? I'm like, just turn and I'll tell you which way. <laughs> just just start turning you know you're yeah. going so fast just start turning so they turn yeah. oh freeze other way okay down but you know of course mm-hmm. you can tell the kids that are just a little they're they're tuning into it you know they're getting they're listening and they're going oh, mm-hmm. oh you should i go up so they're no, they know and 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 right. they, there was an advantage is all i'm saying is that there you know it was hard and it was a disadvantage in lots of ways but there were some really cool ear advantages hmm. um for the kids who were, were paying attention they were really starting to like, and then as as the ukes, you know, the ukes really settle in. We tuned the ukes too. We had three hundred that we pre-tuned about seven or eight times each wow. because I didn't want any stretching. And they're oh my gosh, so we did all of that. It's insane, really, if you think about <laughs> like who would do who does this. If you think about it, so yeah. don't think about don't it. Don't think about it. Yeah, as just my do dad, it. as my dad said, oh, he just had a oh oh oh. Uh. That, that was hard enough, all of that in person, uh, never mind doing all of that virtually. Well, it was really worth every effort, I'll, I'll say that. But, mm. you know, one of, one of the things, and this is a tuning thing again, but one thing I really loved as a kid watching my dad tune all the kids, he was so quick, but I totally do the same thing. So, especially in those first few weeks where you have your class and they've never met you and you're just, you know, you're getting everyone settled and you're checking and just... Oh, hang on, I hear it. And you grab someone's uke and just quickly tune it and give it back. And then you're back to playing or singing. And, you know, they just, oh, like they're just so, oh, how did, how did they, oh, how did she do it? Yeah. They think you have x-ray ears. Yeah. And they love, they love to see you doing it. So I'm always reminding my teachers, my teachers, um, sometimes they'll get their tuner going and, and there's nothing, of course you should 
check with your tuner, make sure you're in tune, but mm -hmm. you know, you're never going to be as fast and keep your ears able to tune quickly because that's going to be a lot quicker. And the kids love to watch you do it. It's so <laughs> great. It's just such a superpower. And they just are so impressed. You don't even have to mention. I never even say, watch it, watch me, everyone. Or I never say, <laughs> I'm just too busy. I'm just doing it. But they are just like, oh, oh, you know, and right. then so then they always trust you, too. And then it'll be like, I think my, you know, I think this one's out of tune. And then you can say, you're so right. Amazing. And then you grab it and you tune it. That was fantastic how you could tell that was a little bit flat. Good job. And then you keep going. But wow, yeah. it's such a moment to be able to use that that uh, thing. And I just watched him do it so many times. So mm -hmm. many times. Mm -hmm. With violins, with ukulele, with, you know, so many tunings. It's just funny. That's so cool. I've, I've never really <laughs> seen that through, through a kids eyes you know and and how impressive that is and and how that's something we take for granted every day we're always doing it and yet to them it's kind of magical and you know to just sort of maybe wrap things up you know that it's so interesting for me i've known you for a long time and we've had a lot of conversations but i've never realized how much the impression of the halifax school music program at its peak uh is sort of such a part of your your ap approach of course it is but it's it's embedded in your memory from the perspective of 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 a of a young person everything seems enormous and magical when you're that age and that was the age where you um where, where you took on the message and the size and and the scale of that program and and the vi and the vision of what it was trying to do, um, it, it it helps me to understand how U School has has done what it's done. You know, the, the, where some of that energy and motivation and vision comes from on your part, and and now to just keep the party going and evolving with something like uh, you um, ukulele U. It's uh, it's amazing to watch you continue to evolve as a as a teacher and a and a performer. And I just wanted to say thanks for uh, making time for me and for the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, James. I love being here with you anytime. <laughs> well, thank you again. And to find out more about Melanie, go to melaniedone.com. And to find out more about U School, go to uschool.ca. And you can watch Ukulele U, which is Mel's kid-friendly, ukulele-driven show on CBC Kids. That's on Saturday mornings. Or you can also stream it anytime you like on the CBC Gem app. Uh, that's within Canada, and it's coming soon to a streaming platform near you, outside of Canada. So thanks for tuning in to the Uketropolis podcast. I'll see you again next week for our final episode of the season. Until then, keep on strumming. Thanks again, Mel. Thank you.